the beauty inspires beauty podcast i'm your host jessica bergio you guys i'm so excited i have one of my most favorite people in the entire world um, on the show with me today and listen you know when i interview friends sometimes i get a little spastic because when you know so much about someone and how great they are and the things that they've gone through and you know like i say all the things it's, it's hard to really hone in and on what makes them so special now, but watching this person evolve and grow into what they have now. Um, I cannot rave more about this man and all the things he's doing and how he's helping other people in the world right now. So Eric, I want to welcome you to the show. <laughs> Good to be on I'm so proud of you for doing your podcast. It's really cool. I just to see, to see you do it. I literally just said right before I hit record, like, look at us matching today. We didn't even plan it. Um, and we both, you know, stepping out of our comfort zone and, and starting, you have a podcast, I have a podcast. You basically started with a full blown like show, just fully expressing like who you are and, you know, giving no fucks. And it's people like you in my life, especially that have given me permission to like speak my mind and say things how how I feel rather than how I think they should come out of my mouth you know that's the goal like ultimately with everything that I all the content that I produce and everything I put out there is to be the permission for people to express their own you know unique experience and find the humanity in the experience because when when I express all of my humanity you start to find yours right you're like oh that's me that's me that's me and when, I, when you express yours vice versa like I get to I get to feel more human. That's all I really ever wanted in my life is to feel connected, right? So I figured, you know, put my stuff out there and see if it resonates. And it does sometimes, you know? Right. Look, But look at us. How long did it, it take us to feel like we had the permission to then give others that yes. like years, years yeah. and um, a lot of trial and error and a lot of heartbreak and fucking up here and, you know, seeing what works and what doesn't work. But I think that's, like you said, part of the human experience and just being able to like, tried different versions of ourselves on over the years. So, you know, Eric and I met several years ago um, in the fitness world uh, at the gym. This really cute guy walks up and he's like, yo, can I work out with you? And I was like, sure, you can follow me around if you want. <laughs> and it, that was the start was of a baby. I was so young. Oh, you were a baby. Um, and it, it was a start of a beautiful friendship. And it was like, it's people like that, that, you know, I being older and kind of, I don't want to say closed-minded, but like when I'm doing something for me, like I'm in a bubble and no one can fuck with me. And so, you know, when people kind of push their way into your life, like, it's like, you always, you stop and think like, why is this person in my life? And the, the, the journey that we've both gone on like together separately over the last several years, like has inspired, even though we don't talk as much as we used to, like, I'm always watching and it, it's, it's having other people step out of the box and, you know, try and, and do the things that you've done that really, like I tell you, have inspired me so much. And I've been trying to get him on the show, but he's a busy guy. So tell us a little bit about, let's go backwards from like where you are now though. Cause your story can, yeah. we, we could be here for three weeks. Um, yeah. but talk to us about exactly what you're doing right now. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> I'm the owner of big moon mental health and sober advocacy group. So, um, what I do primarily is um, transformational mentorship, um, walking alongside people. We're putting out a 12-month program um, that will be a mastermind every week, um, and it will host some in-person workshops. Um, so that's coming out, rolling out in, in the next year. But what got us started was interventions. People started calling me. The, actually, no, that wasn't it. People asked me to live with them to get sober, and I started living with people. 
and living with people with schizophrenia and like mental health challenges and like being immersed in it. And like for some reason, I go in this bubble where I'm like unfazed. Like I've had one client like affect me, but for some reason I'm able to like function in that chaos really well. Um, so I started doing that work and then people asked me to coach their, their kids in, in a recovery capacity. And then some people hit me up for intervention to help them with this one, help with this one. Now I'm doing interventions like three a month and like that's what I'm doing. So like I've taken steps up. So now in the business, I don't do any of the other small, like lower services, but I do interventions and the transformational mentorship. So that's what our company is about. Ultimately, we want to spread this message for people. Um, it's a recovery message and we're moving away from like substance abuse. Not, it's not only substance abuse, but sexual trauma, racial trauma, you know, you know, um, abuse, just all these different types of abuse that's, that like happens to us. So um, it's a, con we're a conscious recovery um, group. So it's broad and it's spiritual and it's about the essence of recovery. I love that. So I always like to dive in on a podcast rather than the bullshit. Where'd you grow up? Where are you from? Like that stuff is important, but like getting to the meat of what you're doing now. And now we can, you know, Quentin Tarantino it backwards to like, why? Why is this the company you created? And can you give us a little backstory on yeah. why this kind of work is so important to you and like yeah. your story? Because your story is what crafted this whole company to be what it is and, you know, turned you into the human that you are now. Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, I'll be super lazy because it's, it's, I, can be, I can do it forever. But um, 2013, I was a heroin in my teens. And I was a child, so I used to like beat myself up the, the closer I was to that time. It felt very like, you know, I don't know if I'm very prevalent. Now I'm turning 32 in a couple of months and I was 23 when this was like when this ended. But I was a heromatic, had tons of I had sexual abuse, like violence in my, not by my parents or anything, but just I was in the street, a street cat. And like everything that came along with that, I participated in. And then I had the opportunity to get sober in um, 2013. I took that opportunity. Um, so from 2013 until today, I've just been on this recovery journey. To me, recovery is personal development, step, step by step. And like, I'm a 12 step guy. So step by step, you do the next indicated thing and you get better. And then fitness, I started working out two weeks into treatment. And I was like, oh my God, I feel my body. And I was an athlete. I, I played football. I was captain of my football team. I was, I was really doing very well, but drugs took president. Um, but I started to feel my body and started to like really enjoy moving and and getting bigger like it, and it, honestly it led into like su super ego and like this whole thing we could talk about it if we want to and like how that shifted but i became a trainer and then i went through a bunch of, a bunch of different training um modalities to like broaden my scope and um became a pretty well-rounded trainer but after a long enough time doing it um, and then being in the gym all day that just wasn't fulfilling and, and the experiences i was having with clients like people would work with me and cry they would cry the first day or like the first week and I'm like, I don't know why I'm invoking this, but I evoke that in people, especially women. I evoke like a very intimate connection. And um, so I was like, man, I need, to, I need to start like broadening my scope of what I'm doing. So I went to life coaching and mindset and like all of the fitness involved. And like a year and a half ago, I just was like, I'm done with fitness. And it's been all about life coaching. Um, and now we're at this point with the transformational mentorship where we go even deeper and we're like unearthing the, um, limiting beliefs and, and, you know, disabling the disempowering stories that keep us stuck. And I still, I'm still, I'm still, you know, breaking down my down mind. So it's like, I'm in this process of healing. I'm, it's not the healed healer archetype. It's the healing healer archetype, which is, I think provides a lot of humanity and like 
I'm learning from them as much as they're learning from me. I've just been doing it a little longer. Um, anyway, so that's that's the story. I can do it. We don't have to do it super long, you know. That's it. No, and I love that. And I knew a little bit of, of that backstory. And it's funny because I want to touch on several things that you said. And it's interesting because, you know, first thing that stuck out was that you evoke that emotion in people. And it's, it wasn't just women. I think they were prevalent because you had more women clients than men. But I know you touched a lot of men that opened up to you and shared with you as well. And I think you see a lot of those clients now in your work. Um, and I think as far as being a woman, like you're a big dude, you, you have that like teddy bear, big brother, like safe space feeling. So, you know, once you get someone else moving in their body and they get out of their head, that's where the emotion can drop in. People stay so much up in their head that they can't tap in and embody what is really going on or stuck or like that emotion and through training and fitness, like that saved my life too. I think I would have struggled with much more mental health issues, um, and gone down a much different path if I hadn't discovered fitness in my early twenties, like I did, you know, so it's crazy to hear you talk about just feeling your body again, when you got back in the gym. And I, I think a lot of times there's such a disconnection between what's going on up here and what's going on in our heart and our body. Um, and it manifests in so many sometimes fucked up ways. Like when we've experienced trauma at any level, you know, I think a lot of people struggle with admitting trauma is has played a role in their life because it's not maybe as dramatic as I was a heroin addict or I was raped or there was some sexual gnarly trauma that happened. There's so many levels in between like a verbal of all the, all the things that could have caused that trauma in your life. And to me, I feel like trauma manifests itself in the form of schizophrenia, bipolar, like all of those other are almost side effects of having this yeah. trauma happen in your life. Would you agree? Um, I'm, I'm, I have a bipolar diagnosis and sometimes I do like wonder like if I wasn't molested as a kid and like introduced to sex in such a like um, inappropriate and like not even aggressive but it's such a such a you know difficult way um, I don't know if I would have had the self-worth conversation I've done a lot of work on this I've like acted out this this um, conversation with this man that that planted a seed in my mind um, and that seed has grown into like a thing this like this like really like hello self scene that's followed me and i wonder if that didn't happen would i have led would it have led me to dysfunction in all these different areas my sexual dysfunction like my the using the, the you know all the emotional dysfunction so i wonder that but honestly like it doesn't really matter whether it's nature or nurture it just matters how you're healing you know how, how we got there doesn't matter I couldn't agree more, but I think a lot of people need an explanation as to like, why there's always that, like when you're stuck in the, why me, like what's going on, how can oh, yeah. I yeah. the victim mode? And I think that's a big part of the roles that you play is the stories. Like you said, we tell ourselves and like what keeps us stuck and in the place of not being able to evolve. And a lot of times that's where the ego comes in and takes over because the ego keeps us safe. But you know, the, your ego can be your biggest overhead in life because it will stop you and block you and keep you from so many amazing things that can come in. If you just remove that part of it, I think having a smidge of it, um, which can be rephrased as confidence and the ability to, you know, see things for what they really are versus what you like trying to make them be. Um, so what are some of your favorite things to work with with people now? Cause I know you've kind of gone away from the substance stuff, but more into transformational, like what are some of the things that, you know, people are dealing with that they feel like now is the right time to work with the container that you've put together in this mastermind. For men, I love working with the sex stuff. I love, I love it. I love it because the relationship, the male relationship to sex, the archetype is 
abusive in its in its essence. Like trying to like can like a girl you don't like, you just are simply trying to have sex with her because you think she's hot. That's fucking abusive, dude. That's uh, that's manipulative and that is like out of integrity. That is out of integrity. Like so, like even even like a, a woman you want to you're having a night with this woman, you're hooking up. She's not super enrolled in having sex with you this moment, but like you're trying to make the trying to make the vibe happen. No, she said no, dog. Like, like, so I love working with that. And then the male sexual trauma that is prevalent that we don't speak about, um, you know, men who are molested by their babies. So that's a big one. I know a lot of men who are molested by like wow. someone super, like, yeah. So I loved speaking about the sex stuff and I like having men take sexual inventory and like, let's write down all the women you've had sex with for real. And let's look at those relationships. Let's look at those relationships. Were you selfish? Did you fuck him out? Were you manipulative? Were like, I love, I love that because for men, um, I think healthy masculinity is personal responsibility. And if we're like, if we're pointing, pointing the finger outwards, we can't lead in the way that we're supposed to lead. Not that, men, not that women can't lead, but I think in divine masculine men are, are driven to lead. But if you're being dishonest out of integrity, it just doesn't work. So I love having the, converse, the sex conversation love having a mental health conversation because like I said, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have to be bipolar disorder. It can be the, the gamut of mental health challenges that come along, whether it be periodic or like, or, you know, intermittent or like long-term life stuff. Um, but we get to tackle that. We're not going to go around any of that. And we're going to like, we're going to have deep, not, not psychological conversations, but like intimate conversations where we get to pick some things apart. Um, and then a spiritual conversation. That's probably the that's probably the biggest one. Um, I've been lucky enough to like have a Frankenstein spiritual experience where it's like a little bit of, like Christianity. I, I fast for Ramadan, like uh, you know, celebrate Hanukkah, like meditate every day. Like I just like Frankenstein recovery, um, um, spirituality, and I think introducing spirituality to as many people as possible in a, in the most open minded way humanly possible, where there's where there's no judgment, you know, and kind of breaking down the disempowering stories that come from the church. A lot of people came out of the church and the church has harmed people to the point where the word God makes people cringe, right? And like, it's not the word, it's the institution that fucked you up. It's not the word. So like, I get to help people walk through that and like kind of be objective and like be the, be the witness to their own spiritual process. So it's the sexual stuff, healthy masculine and personal responsibility really. And uh, the spiritual aspect are the three things that really keep me really fired up working with men. Um, I, I work, I really intend to work with mostly men um because i think i've been i've been complimented that i have a healthy back and forth in my masculinity and i read a lot of, i read a ton and study a ton on how we can manifest healthy masculinity so that's really where my work where my work has been like focused over the last like three or four months so i think we're going to have this program be be a male focused um yeah because i think i i think that's that's where it's underserved like how many most when i've done like personal development stuff there's been five dudes in the group and the, and the, the other 50 are women right like my friend just did a breathwork group there's two dudes the other 20 are women like men are not doing these things or it's like it's hard to get men to do these things so again i want to be a proponent of this work so and, and let's break that down why do you think that's the case is it more socially acceptable because when we're softer we can talk about our feelings we're just being more open is that simply all it is i, I think so I, oh, there's a lot of ego there's a lot of um unhealthy unhealthy um expressions of masculinity where where we're, where we are because i've been i've definitely been 
you've seen me be toxic as fuck. So you know I can, I've been there. I've worked on it a ton. Um, first of all, I think there's affirmation in that. Like, there's a lot of ego affirmation. Like, oh, I fucked this many girls. And, like, there's an identity in that. And, like, we've been culturally, culturally as men, we're, like, almost encouraged to be that way. So, you know what I mean? So it's, like, business as usual. So I think, I think there's that. And I think there's, like, my dad. I'm the healed version of my dad. We're the similar person. We're, like, the same human being. Um, I think what we watch are we watch our fathers do or if you have no father if you have no father you're just making up an idea of what masculinity is you're just guessing and usually it's hyper hyper and toxic you know um so there's a number of things and having honest conversations is, is hard like my dad didn't have the conversations but fortunately for me i've been in therapy since i was 15 then i got in recovery and then did all this coaching and been you know worked on myself and like stood in front of hundreds of people and told my story so i'm proficient at it and i can i can i want to evoke another man but i think it's cultural um it's cultural dysfunction and lack of awareness and lack of seeing masculinity in because like i think some men like i've been i've been i've been like called beta i've been called beta and i don't think i'm beta at all i think like you, you should know that i'll i all the toxic ways to be masculine i can choke you the fuck out and like make you and i can do all the fucking things that make me fucking toxic you know um i think there's that culture of like like the guys who talk about their feelings it's, it's a level of weakness but honestly my experience with all the women i talk speak to they are so relieved to have someone who can express themselves and i appreciate it way 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 more than i think like a dude who's like some women who's, who's like super rugged and like unattached you know Unattached is the perfect word. Like I was waiting for you to like put a bow on that with exactly what it is as to why, like I've been in relationships where there, there is not that connection level to where, you know, if, if, if I can be expressive and tell you what I need and share with you where that's coming from, it's so much different than the actual thing I'm saying to you in that moment. Like this needs not being met or that's not being met. Like it comes from a place, right? Like our needs come from a place of wherever we were at before. And I think the inability in relationships to be able to like express that from both parties is how can you have a deep connected spiritual relationship with somebody um for a really really long time if those things aren't in play and if you can't learn to do them together it's like if one person goes to therapy or coaching or does a program like this they come home with a whole new set of tools and like a whole fucking different language and then you try to speak that language at somebody who's like what the hell are you saying it doesn't work like i've tried that because i've tried traditional talk therapy um, for just myself and then trying to bring a partner into that, like it, it, it like scratches the surface, but it almost like messes you up more. And I found more people to be frustrated with traditional talk therapy than, than it being helpful because it's still not unlocking the reasons why and what you're talking about and the deeper level for men to be able to express like what it is that they need. Like a lot of times, like you said, they're faking the how to be a man role. And they, they've seen the symbolism on, you know, whether it's watching porn or whether it's like in the movie of how men are, are portrayed. That's it's 2022 almost like that's not reality. And that's not how life is right now. And I don't, if you're a strong woman like me, you're not dealing with shit like that. Like you're just not. So having someone who's done the work or who at least can acknowledge that there's, there's a deeper language that needs to happen or conversations that need to happen. Um, I truly feel like even in relations in work and business, like to be able to, to grow, like you need that. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's 2022. It's like, I, I honestly, for me, it's like, 
in my personal relationships, there's a language that I use that it's hard to find a partner because like I'm reading, I am dating someone and like we're reading this book, Conscious, Conscious Relationships. It's an like exploration of, of like healthy intimacy, healthy masculine, what sex, what sex could and should or can look like. Um, and to find someone who's on that wavelength is, is super challenging, you know, and I'm sure for women as well. And I, I'm super intentional about the languaging. Like I want to be, and I think like I, I was, I was married, essentially married before. And like, I would ask, I'd be in therapy and she's like, he doesn't do enough. She would tell me I don't do enough. And at no point did she ever tell me what I'm not doing. What about, what do you want me to do? Tell me exactly what you want me to do and I'll do that thing. And I feel like the communication aspect, I know for a fact actually, and at least for me, the communication aspect, if it's not on point, then this is never gonna work. And I'm a communicator. So like, for me, it's necessary. That's how I work things through. Sorry, I'm, I'm Hold on a second. Serious talking to me. But as a communicator, like I need that, you know? Even um, she communicates with you. Exactly. She, hear, she feels me, dude. Here for it. Uh, but yeah, so I think it's missing. I think it's missing. And and it's hard to find someone in 2022 who's like really doing the work, but more and more men. This, this conscious community is in San Diego. I've been in different cities, like conscious communities that are growing and people of color and LGBT people are invited. It's, it's, it's included. It's beautiful. So that's amazing. So, you know what, it's so cool about you bringing up the fact about reading a book together in, in a relationship is it's, I did that a long time ago when I was married too. And I, I, I loved inviting the book because it almost brought in a third party who had no, you know, vested interests, whether you stay together or not. It was just like, thoughtful conversation questions like insight that wasn't coming from one person telling the other person it like strikes up conversations that you should be having but that we weren't taught how to have um in relationships especially as you get older like we we're not who we were in our you know teenage years or early 20s like I'm 40 now so like evolved I have a 10 year old like I'm not who I was in my early 20s so I, I'm not even having those same conversations in the relationship I'm in now so um, I'm, I'm going to grab that book. Cause I think, I mean, we can all do our, there's that same book has con- conscious parenting too. Right. Have you read that one? I haven't read it yet, but it's, I'm, I'm, a, I read multiple books at a time. So, but I'm reading, so I'm two, but I'm on two, but the next book after that conscious parenting, I've just high, has come highly recommended, especially for the way I'm trying to raise my child. So, totally. So yeah. Explain to people the difference you think in going to traditional therapy versus joining a group like yours and what you're curating and what you're doing. Like talk us through like, why would they choose one over the other? I, I wouldn't tell them to choose one over the other. I think everybody's in therapy. It teaches you how to, commu- I think it teaches you how to express your emotions. And the yes. reason I can communicate mine is because I've been practicing since I was a child. And I've had the, I've had the relationship with like certain friends that we've just, that's, we're, that's why we're still friends because we've always spoken this language together of like the heart. And I learned how to do that at a very young age. So I think everyone on baseline should be doing, doing therapy just to learn how to express it and work through it um, audibly, you know? So, so it's not one or the other, but I think um, doing the deep work with someone who's, who has done the deep work on a, on a number of levels, number of levels and has a number of tools, both Western and metaphysical, you know, um, that's something that a therapist can provide and that's something that coaches can provide and coaches usually can give in-depth like attention on a more regular basis or it's just a whole different it's a different perspective but it's not it's, it's a both end it's a both end for sure I like that that's a great answer yeah I, I I couldn't agree more um and I feel like a lot of people shy away from investing in themselves at this level of like putting themselves into groups that 
require commitment because these days nobody wants to commit to anything. It's like this anti-commitment, like wave that's happened and investing in yourself. It's like, you'll go out and invest in a, you know, 40, $50,000 car, but no problem. You'll buy a $1.5 million house because the bank gave you the loans. Like people will take on all of this, I don't know, said debt or spend the money that they have on stuff and things. And like, but it's like internal investment. It's like, what's the ROI going to be on that? They like want to know what am I going to get out of doing certain things like that? Um, and I think the transformation of the journey, taking the leap, investing in myself and the, in the things I have over the last couple of years, like whether it was first in-person events that I did where I sat in the back, didn't really know what was going on. And it was like a whole new language to me. That was about six, seven, eight years ago with like the personal development stuff. And then it was evolved into more like small group coaching. And then it was like getting into the bigger masterminds. And it's like each thing required a different level of investment commitment. Um, and sometimes I felt like you know, it's hard, it's hard to show up for yourself. We will show up so much bigger for everybody else in our life. But like, when it comes time to like put the work in for yourself, like that's, that's the stuff that I find, you know, I have to really talk and work people through in order to like show up for themselves the way they do for other people, especially in the beauty industry. Like we're so used to giving, 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 like it's the number one thing that I talk about. So what are some things that like, when people are like this, they see the investment, they see the time commitment of like 12 months, like how, how do you like help somebody understand like staying in a, in a situation for that long and really investing in themselves long-term versus like a quick hit of like, join my yeah. two program. Like, you know, yeah. transformation takes time. It takes time. And it takes, it takes accountability. It takes fellowship. It takes people being a mirror for you and, and getting, taking feedback. It takes a lot. I've, I've done a lot of work of receiving feedback on what's not working in my life. So over 12 months, I can hear, I always, ask, I always ask every client when I speak to them, tell me a story. Tell me the story that, that's prevalent this week. And we tell you, tell me the story and I start expressing back to them the blind spots that I'm seeing. And we address them. I hear you're, you're out of integrity here. You're lying to yourself here. I, I can see those things and I'm pointing that out. And, and I think having that over a long period of time starts to really shift the paradigm for people uh, as opposed to like through, I've done through one programs, both participated and, and have, coach them um three and the idea of like three months and you're gonna make 10k as a business coach like that idea it's such a shitty model it's like that's shitty because some people make it but like those three-month models and i was in a three-month model very you can look at my website it was just there but we shifted as a company to think like no, we want this to stick we want this to stick and we want transformation we really want a shift in psyche and, and almost a spiritual experience and that takes active time and commitment and this is what I express to people. This is what I'm expressing to people. And some, I want to work with people who want to do this. I'm not begging anybody to do this. Um, so yeah, it, 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 the commitment is important. I've been in this one program for, since last November, tearing, my, tearing the balls out, screaming, crying, like, like really stretching myself. And I'm a different person after that I was, the, the things that I'm capable of doing now after tearing it down are, are things that like no one ever thought I could do. So putting the work in and I, I always say, I don't know what your work is, but do your work. Everybody gets to do their work or not. It might be that guy or that guy or gal. It's like, eh. you know, but do your work. Everybody gets to do this. And mine just a level of work that people get, can get to do. I love that. Everybody's level of work is different. Just do your work. Yeah. Oh, what is, Oprah says tweet, tweet. Um, yeah. Love that. Dude. I love that. We could talk all day. We have so many like 
what the, how long have we been doing this? Channels and rivers we could go down. I think we should do a second episode on relationships and what that growth looks like. Cause I think you and I have gone through the gamut with certain things and you know, it's, it's the evolution of like the ripple effect of doing this transformational work that will pay you dividends. And so when I talk about ROI, like I did earlier, like this is what will come of doing the work is you'll have better relationships in your life in all regards, your parental friendships. If you have children, if you want to have children, like, I mean, if only like when they talk about getting your shit in order before you have kids, like they talk about finances, they talk about job, they don't talk about your mental health and your personal well-being and like how to already have habits instilled in you. Like that's not talked about. It's crazy because, you know, I am a semi healed version of my mother, like you said it with your dad, but I didn't have a dad. So I had a role model of a woman trying to act like a man and a woman, like, which is why I'm so expressive in my masculine so much. Um, I think it's paid me dividends along the way in business, but it hasn't served me well in relationships. Like, you know, most men don't want to date another dude unless you like dudes. Yeah. You're going to fucking date a dude, not a chick who's a dude. Like, so there's been, there's been me unlearning and undoing what has been taught to me. And, you know, my, my mom's super judgmental when it comes to a lot of stuff. She doesn't mean to me. She, she means well with a lot of things that she says, but it's like the unlearning that, that is not how we speak these days. That is not helpful to say like just context like that. That's the, the work and the getting ready. I wish I would have done before I had my son, but it's all relative. And like, as you parent, you reparent yourself. I feel like it's like a whole process of yeah. Relearning what it is that you didn't get maybe, or what you wish you would have done different. And, and there's many times I do things in my, you know, mom day-to-day life that I'm like, fuck dude. Like, it's like, it, it forces you to kind of show up bigger and same thing if, if things are happening in your business, it's like the same shit keeps happening in your business. Like, how are you showing up for that business? You got to treat that like it's your kid too. And relationships, same thing. Um, you know, I think the quantity of friends that I have is so much smaller, but the quality yeah. is so much better because it's the same thing. It's like, I want to have these thoughtful conversations and I want to spend time with people who are, you know, vibrating at that, at that energy. It's like, if you put yourself around people who aren't able to do that, like, what is that saying? You are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Like, so who's inspiring you right now? Like who is, who is some of your major mentors, favorite podcasts, like what books get you like that smile on your face? Like who, who, who can you share your good stuff with? So we can dive into some of their shit too. Honestly, it's, I'm like, I have a lot of, it's not people, it's not big public people that are like my mentors. It's, it's, it's people who are really making impacts in local community and like like my brother he's a huge um influence my hero he's a, an attorney for the national urban league and he was a city you know like that's a huge civil rights organization and like he's changing civil rights law and experiences nationally that's and my mom's a dean of not that she was a dean of a medical school and actually the ceo of a governing body in like in medicine so like i get to see that and like well like my the guy who's going to be the, who's the treasurer of my business is this guy's his finance. He's been crushing finance and in recovery for the last like five years do, and doing both masterfully. Um, and then I another teacher that's coming is this guy, Edward Duell, who's a combo facilitator and he's just a, a spiritually inclined human being. So like, I don't have like a TV or podcasts that I, that I listen to that. I mostly listen to music and read. That's what I do. I used to do all podcasts, but now it's to the point where I need to like, consume at a different level but i'm a joe rogan fan you know i feel like joe rogan is like for for what we do as communicators he does it at the highest level possible higher than any other podcaster to be able to 
flow in a conversation like we are right now for three hours with no with no pause and consistent like interest that is work that I, I can't wait to get to that point because i know i will be at that point so that's inspiring to me the, the stuff that i learned on the podcast was cool because and that's with my podcast as well i want to have a broader array of people on um so i learned from that as well so i i want to talk to some rights people and i want to talk to recovering people so um but yeah that, those are the people i learned from usually impactful and i'm not like a big lewis house guy like yeah it's, i don't have those mentors but yeah yeah, but at least somebody like Lewis House is still out there doing the work. He's writing books, breaking the the stigmatism of like the white man who is like stuck in ego, who played football, who knows all the things, who could do no wrong. Like at least the motherfucker wrote a book. We know he goes through the book, but he at least brought the subject to the forefront. He did his due diligence to like put some on the table. The program I just did for the last year, he he did that too. I think he did like before he started his podcast. Yeah. After that program, he started his podcast and. It, the level of um, intentional, intentionality, is that a word, that, um, that he's gone forward with has come from him doing the work. So like, I love what he does, but it's just not my, it's not my jam. Um, so and I know a lot of people really look up to him and he does, he does challenge a lot of archetypes, you know, and we need, we need more, more of that. So I love, I love what a lot of people are doing. It's just, I, I, I like to learn from like the people next to me, kind of, you know? No, I love that. I, I love that. And I think, you know, finding inspiration, motivation from like your circle is huge. And it means you you're in the right place. Like you're not trying to get away from the family. The family's inspiring you. Um, you know, as much as I like, you know, made a few comments about my mother, she's, she's a boss too. She inspires the fuck out of me. (laughs) Going home. I was in New York for Thanksgiving and I was speaking to my friends and like the idea that my parents are still married. We have like Thanksgiving dinner all together. And like, Christmas all together, we like, we actually like each other and kind of, we don't all get along in the perfect way. We accept each other generally. It's like a nuclear family. So it's, I'm very fortunate to have, and like everybody's of service. So I'm very fortunate to have the family that I have. I wouldn't be anywhere that I am now without them. So even with the dysfunction, right? Like as we get older, we can like remove ourselves as a child now. And like, there's the dysfunction in me raising him. And like my parents were 20 fucking five and 30, like with, two kids or three kids like you know you can give them a little bit of grace hell yeah my mom had me at 19 she knew what the fuck she was doing she was a baby like I whenever I feel like any sort of way about anything like I always just check myself because that's me doing the same thing She, she, she tries to overstep in the parenting of like helping me out and telling me things and it's like I have to stop and realize like I'm so grateful that I have a parent that cares who shows up at every single baseball game every weekend for my kid like has him in private school like my mom does the most like it's clearly a, she's trying to relive being a parent, but B, she's making up for lost time because she was nowhere to be found when I was little. So it's like now the same thing, Thanksgiving, Christmas. I'm, I am grateful like to have all of that as well. Um, I lost my train. I was going to say something that you were, when you were talking earlier about um, putting the work out in the world and like, just like, fuck. It was about with, with Lewis House. Um, the pro... The, I'm gonna come back to it. I'll figure it out. I hate when that happens. Like we're having such good conversations. Joe Rogan, I need lessons. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's hard, especially when you're like, it's conversational. It's really well, hard. And, you know, there's certain things like, you know, when you're interviewing guests too, it's like, you don't always um, know so much about like, you know, the touch points of like everything that's gone on. So like my brain is full of like, I could ask you, we could say and talk for the rest of the fucking day. Um, we just need someone to deliver us Starbucks. But... <laughs> 
it, it's so great to just like have a, pl- a platform like this podcast. Oh, I know what it was. You were talking about wanting to make your podcast broader. That's what it was. Yeah. And you know, I feel like at times, like in the business community, it's like niche down, niche down. You got to like talk about one fucking thing. And I'm like for the entirety of my 20 plus year career in the industry, I have enjoyed so many other things besides just doing hair. And I felt at times like such a failure because it wasn't what I was fucking eat, sleep, breathing. Like at times I was like, I'm not a great hairdresser because it's not all I want to talk about. I have other interests, other hobbies like fitness and, you know, reading and travel and all the things. And so now that's more like, okay to, to be a brand that brings more to the forefront. But with the podcast, I struggled because I wanted to reach more people with all thoughtful conversation. It's like, I've got... 40 years, but I've got 20 adult years, like living this life in this industry, like a creative entrepreneurship is so vast. And like the network of people I've met over the last several years doing personal development, like I wanted to bring conversations like we're having right now that have really nothing to do with my beauty industry, but people in the industry deal with this shit, like mental health, fucking, you know, addictive behavior, like going through the 12 step, like these are all issues that pertain to anybody, but especially in the creative entrepreneur world, like we need to have conversations like this. So I'm so grateful that you could come on the show today and like share some insight of to what you're doing and like how you got there. Cause it's, it's so what you're doing is so important. And there's so many men in my industry too. Um, and I think, I think we thank you for doing what you're doing. Yeah. For some reason, God has kept me alive because I have to explain it that way because I was trying to die for a long time and and I keep, I, you know, I'm not going anywhere and I've been blessed enough to express myself. I don't know. I don't know why, but I can express myself a number or do a number of mediums. So I, that's what I get to do. And that's like my unique like opportunity to help others. So it's like, I almost feel like if I'm not doing it, I'm robbing like people, like people said it to me, like, Eric, why are you robbing people of you? Mm. Like that's selfish. Like give yourself, people want you. People want to hear what you have to say. And I wish everybody knew that. Like don't rob people of you, express yourself. We want you, you know, I want to hear you, especially for the women who are listening right now women need to get get to be heard and so many women are just like used to not being listened to i didn't listen to my ex i i she would talk and talk and talk and i could not comprehend what she was saying because i just was not intentional about listening so just you know we, we all get to be heard especially the women we're in, in relationship with and friendship with yeah and if you guys have been on the fence and you're listening and there's things that you want to express whether it's through social media education like getting out and helping people and doing things you can do both like we're a huge proponent of like it's not this or that like you can be more than one thing and um you never know where that road's going to lead you down but just start using your voice at whatever capacity feels right for you like turn that camera on start talking turn the camera off and start voice. i tell people to record voice uh, voice memos just record like they want to start a podcast and like talk to your phone that's what that's how like I started podcasting doing monologues and I still do monologues where I just talk to myself. I have my, my producer next to me, to like bounce stuff off. Of, but like, usually I just work through a problem in my head, you know, and it started with just, just expressing myself with my friends. And, and so it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful gift that I want. I wish everybody could just be free with their emotions and with their like beliefs. And like, that's how the world changes. Like politically, if you expect your express your beliefs politically and I express mine and we were able to communicate, like things are healed that way. Families are healed that way. But when you, the things that are not said, I, there's a quote from a song, silence has a sound. Silence has a sound. It's, it's really, and it's loud. Anyway. It does. It's the same way of, 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 of staying indecision is actually making a decision to not decide. Like it's the same kind of thing. So 
I love you for all of this conversation. It's so great. And I hope if we can inspire you guys to take any kind of action, inspired action is what we're here for, not perfectionism. Just get out there, make a difference, use your voice, um, and, and just really start showing up. And it's so great because we just, last week's episode was um, this girl named Meg. She is a ghostwriter for anybody looking to write a book, whether it's putting out an ebook, a mini book, a, a memoir, any kind of anything. Um, she can help you ghostwrite that. And what ghostwriting really means is exactly what Eric just said voice memo to yourself, all the things, right? Get it all out. And we have hours and hours of podcasts. So what, what I'm going to do is transcribe a lot of the podcast episodes, download them, send them off to her. And we're going to put together a little mini book. That's what's going to start for me, but you have something in the works too. You want to share that? Yeah. Before we go? Yeah. My book, my book will be out um, end of this first quarter or, or middle of second quarter. It's a, it's a big process, but, and we're going to shop it around. Like, we're going to do like the whole thing. We're going to yeah. do the whole book thing. So um, that comes out shortly. Um, but yeah, that I have my podcast and I have um, I do a lot of public speaking. So it's, yeah, I do a lot of talking and a lot of expressing myself. So, um, but the book is, I'm very excited. Very excited. Cool. So where can people find you if they want to follow and tune into the show? Yeah, um, big with TV to watch, but just hearts over everything on all every podcast platform. Um, and go to Eric underscore big coach on Instagram and I'm posting all my shit on there all the time. Cool. And that'll all be in the show notes, you guys. So if you love this episode and you want to share it with your friends, please tag us on the gram. We would love to hear from you. Um, yeah. And if any of this like struck a chord, you want to have some more conversations, Eric's DMs are always open. Um, he, he's got your back as do I. So we will see you guys on the next one. And as always, beauty inspires beauty. Brain switching lines all of a sudden. I'm going